0: Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us on the Great Exchange, a podcast dedicated to looking at the world through gospel glasses. My name is Maddie, and once again, or for the first time in a long time, I'm sitting across from you <laughs> in a real room
1: in well, front of these mics. In, in the order of our recordings, this is the first time for it to be pro- yes. promoted the second time of our recording so. <laughs> yes
0: well i mean we're doing both episodes at the same time yes um and we will discuss this both on both episodes but it is nice to be in the same room as you at time of recording it's the first time in a long time that we've been at your place with our normal podcast setup so Seen each
1: other face to face
0: it's you know there is something wonderful about that no, that no. face <laughs> <laughs> You're looking more reformed every day with that uh, beard. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 good, man. Um
1: I guess you're back so now I can shave it off. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you just needed to
0: <laughs> hold down the fort. Someone yeah. had to have a beard.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah, yeah no, that's great. <laughs> um yeah, you know, you mentioned the face, Nick, and it is a very important aspect of Christian theology is it's intimacy, being able to see each other face to face, being able to see each other's expressions and emotions, um, to be able to see each other's countenance. Right. There's so much of scripture that expresses intimacy by being able to gather together face to face, to be able to physically touch and kiss and hug and whatever it might be, Um uh, Intimacy is a big part of the scriptures, and and the face is, you know, this, um, this tool to express emotions, to express the inner heart and the soul of man, um, and that's why I think there's, when we're talking about masking in church, when we're talking about masking worships, for a lot of people, sure, it's not a hard thing to do, but it's for the same reason we don't wear hats in church, we're, we're called to, you know, worship with our heads uncovered, especially men, um it is because this, this idea of intimacy of having an unveiled face, beholding God face to face, as we understand from, um, first Corinthians two, um, you know, being able to behold God face to face, rending the veil, right? Um, that, that's the whole, uh, you know, ritual of, of, of lifting the veil to see your bride, right? At a wedding, right? It's, it's, Ushering in this new relationship of intimacy. Um, I think that's really important to make mention, especially in our crazy times where we're talking about um, covering our face in perpetuity um, for for COVID, but also it really ties into what we want to talk about today, and that is a biblical theology of emotions. It's kind of a weird one. Um, It's one that I've been thinking about as I'm getting back into um, ACBC uh, certified biblical counseling and some of the stuff I'm doing through there um, as I took a hiatus to do a bunch of uh, video stuff. Um, And so it's something on my mind I thought it might be an interesting thing to uh, discuss. Um, Before we jump into the topic, thegreatexchange.ca you can check out everything we got going on over there not one not two but three podcasts weekly two from us a a midweek message that's what you're listening to today or a Wednesday's word whatever we call it the Wednesday words was the thing you were doing on Instagram this is the midweek message I always get that confused anyways um and then we do Scripture Saturdays, and then our brother Bryce is on Thursdays with the 21st Century Christian, which we definitely suggest that you take uh, take a listen to. Um, so, Nick, emotions it is a natural part of being made in the Imago Dei. Uh, we are emotional beings, um, and we experience emotions without thinking about it. Uh, many times they're involuntary, right? Um, so thinking about emotions from a biblical viewpoint seems rather uh, daunting, right? Because it, it is something that we just, you know... <laughs> It's so natural to us. It's so part of uh, who we are is created in, in God's image that we tend to overlook it. Um, but especially, obviously, in counseling settings, emotions do play a huge part in when we're especially talking about the acute problems in people's lives, the acute psychological or you know physiological can lead to all sorts of emotions as well. So I thought it was important for us to maybe think about this because I you, you know I certainly have found it interesting as I've been going through it as I've been thinking about it um, because yeah it's something that you kind of take for granted um, any thoughts um, initially that kind of come to mind for you just hearing of the topic just pondering on it for the few seconds I've given you
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks for that no uh, uh, in, in thinking about it it is something that I think is maybe not addressed or spoken about enough because, you know, James talks about how out of the abundance of the he- heart, the mouth speaks, right? And I think that's also presented in how we express ourselves emotionally. Uh, you know, the face will exhibit, you know, what is going on truly in the heart. Yeah. And
0: we, we've all, as as men, we've all seen exactly what our wives are thinking without them even saying a word <laughs> by their subtle eye roll or the <laughs> expression on their faith. And I think the same, the
1: <laughs> converse can be true as well, because when women look at men, there's nothing there. So <laughs> <laughs> they truly see what's in the heart and mind of man. <laughs> but, uh, but, <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. No. But but this, but this is a very important uh, thing to discuss because scripture is replete with, you know, um, statements expressing somebody's grief, somebody's joy, somebody's anger. Um, and it's immediately connected to us, as you made mention, being created in the image of God. So emotion is not an unbiblical category because it's grounded in the character and nature of God. Yes. The difference, though, and I think this is something maybe we'll discuss as well, is that there's a difference between emotions and being emotional or an emotionalism.
0: Yes, exactly. No, and we've got to as Christians, always walk that fine line, right? We're not Stoics. We cannot be Stoics, right? Afraid of emotional expression. Um, You don't see that in the Bible. The Bible is a book jam-packed with emotions. If you want to see emotional, heart-wrenching literature, read the Psalms. (laughs) I mean, you can't get away from emotional expression by men, right? By patriarchs in the in the Bible. So well, yeah, this can, idea of yeah. like Roman stoicism is so unbiblical. We need to steer clear of that. But on the other side, we've got to steer clear of you know emotionalism, where our inner feelings are the the norm, the guide, what yeah. is true and what is right, which is kind of the spirit of the age that we're kind of living in. Um, with radical subjectivity we can't fall into either of those camps that's why again thinking about how we have emotions and how emotions relate to how we live in this world and how they reflect God um, is a really really important thing for us to think about so I thought Let's begin at the beginning. Whenever we're talking about something, whenever we're tr- trying to think of something, we've probably got to define what we're thinking about. And um, the English word emotion comes from the Latin, which is imover, Um, which the E is the prefix to bring out of, and mover is to stir up or to move. So it does get to kind of this this idea that you were talking about. Emotions are the things that come out of, that that come out of the heart, right? Um, They're the expressions of the inner man, right? Um, We could simply put it that um, emotions are expressions of the heart, biblically speaking. Um, And... That's a very concise way of of saying that what um, you know the biblical coalition on or biblical counseling coalition defines as emotions as a fully personal involving thoughts beliefs and judgments made about the environment and oneself and somatic response to an internal. And or external experience of significant concern, which is subjectively experienced as some variety of feeling and who prepares the body and mind for an action. So in that sense, emotions can be both responses, but they're also preparatory, right? Sometimes our state of emotion can prepare us to either respond well or respond poorly for a situation but in both cases emotions come out of the heart of man emotions therefore biblically speaking are never the problem the heart is the heart is the problem emotions express the state of our heart and as you know biblically minded Christians we shouldn't be going after emotions because emotions are the external expression of these heart motives right so we've always got to be pinpoint accurate as Christians when we're counseling one another to be going to the root of the issue and the root the radix uh, of the Christian of the
1: man made in God's image is always the heart That's right, and I think that's very crucial to understand here because when we think of just pointing out somebody's actions all the time, that's never specifically what God gets to in Scripture when he's examining people or he's calling them to account in judgment, right? Mm -hmm. It's always the internal motive which moved you in a certain direction. That's why when Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery, well, I say to you, if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. You should not murder, but if you even hate somebody, you've committed murder in your heart. Mm-hmm. So there's always that aspect of trying to dive into the soul of a man to see what is governing his actions, his emotional responses, mm-hmm. because whatever is ruling, and I, and I think it was R.C. Sproul, it's like, you're always going to act in your best perceived interest in a moment. Mm-hmm. So... In the same sort of way, how we're going to respond emotionally to a situation, to a word, in in sort of any sort of situation is going to be Founded upon what is the ruling principle in that moment in our lives. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that is so crucial for us to understand. uh, Because especially in counseling situations, if you think of secular counseling, um, Freudian psychology, Rogerian or Skinnerian um, counseling, quite often what's brought up is you have emotional problems. You're emotionally disturbed. Biblically speaking, that's an incoherent thing. Your emotions are functioning just fine. You're feeling depression. You're feeling anger. You're feeling anxiety. But those are inappropriate emotions to be feeling in these circum. So what's the problem? It's not the emotions. The emotions are working just fine. It's the heart that's yeah. the issue. The heart and the mind are not our emotions aren't congruent with what they should be, right? And so emotions, in and of themselves, good thing. It's a thing that God's given us. It's a part of... The psychic aspect of how we've been created in God's image—it's not unique to man. Like it's not uniquely a part of the spirit, spirit of dimension of man that gives us spiritual responsibility before God. Right? Because animals who are made—they have a psyche in some lower sense. Right? Not the spirit of dimension. They can feel emotions. you know you think of elephants and their grieving patterns and dogs and how they can express and emote especially so well and that's why we love them because they have eyebrows (laughs) which most most animals don't have um so that's not totally unique to the imago day but it's certainly um, an aspect of who we are is created in God's image that we can't pass up. And that's where I want to go. Now that we've kind to define terms, we've kind of said, where where is the root of emotions? Well, it comes from the heart. It's an expressions of the heart. Let's go and talk about that is the one that we image in expressing emotions, and that's God himself. So we can say that God is a God of emotions, but just as you've said, Nick, Well, he's a god of emotions and he has emotions, he is not emotional. That is, he is not ruled by his emotions. He is the ruler of his emotions. He is not fitful. No, he's always perfectly in control of his emotions. His emotions are perfectly congruent with who he who he is with his person, with his nature, with his character, right? And he is perfect, holy, and just, and pure in all the emotions that he has, right? So that is something that we need to understand when we're looking at okay, this this archetype, which is God, where the archetype reflecting him, he is perfect in his emotional life. The emotions that he expresses. Are congruent with his nature.
1: Do you love listening to The Great Exchange? You can subscribe to our podcast on any one of these podcast platforms Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts and have two engaging episodes delivered to your mobile device each week. Our midweek message covers a myriad of topics and teaches us to look at them all through gospel glasses. And our Scripture Saturday episode is just that, an opportunity to study the Bible, one passage of Scripture at a time. Miss an episode? Visit our website, thegreyexchange.ca, and you will find the complete back catalog of our episodes. And don't be shy. We love to hear from you, our listeners. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, or if you're not social media savvy, send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for joining in our ministry as we help you look at the world through Gospel Glasses. Yeah, and that's, for us to understand how that works is uh, important in this discussion because when we think about the differences between God and us, when God acts, it's not in a way that has a certain emotion or reaction to something which is going to rule over him and throw out any other attribute of himself where, or any other characteristic of himself. When we think of ourselves, because we are sinful by nature, we can have uh, hatred or anger build up in ourselves to the point where we lash out in an unjust or ungodly way. But if God is moved to anger, it is in perfect justice, mm-hmm. right? He is not going to be acting in an unjust manner mm-hmm. because he is justice, yeah. right? And same way, he's not going to love be a ruling principle to override justice, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's something we have to understand as we think now, okay, where, okay, emotions are good, mm-hmm. they are founded in God, but how does God implement or how does he reveal how he is his emotions are carried out in his actions with what we get to experience is a fallen sinful creation
0: yeah no and i think it's important for us to realize you know when when a lot of people think of god as having emotions that might bring into question his immutability right oh god can change Like, he can be happy at one time, he can be angry another time. Like, how is he immutable? And we need to get it in our minds that God's immutability is speaking of his being, of who he is, of his character, of his persona, of his person, right? Um, In that sense, God is immutable. But things change in relation to god right and that is what either draws his blessing or his wrath right um all things were made to be subject to him perfectly so uh, you know it's it's now that we're on the other side of the fall that things change relation relationally in creation to god and that either brings, because his character is immutable, either his good favor, his good countenance, or his anger and his wrath, depending on how we relate to God relationally, right? So he's not changing. He's fixed. He's the norm. But depending on how we relate to him relationally will depend on whether or not we're getting his blessing or his curse, his his favor, his love,
1: or his wrath, his anger, his justice. Mm -hmm. And and it's important that we realize that there is that relational aspect, which calls into question how he is going to deal with us. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going through Isaiah in my own Bible reading plan right now. And he talks about in chapter one that, you know, to the people of Israel, you know, if you're obedient, you shall eat. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So we can see that there's that blessing aspect to how God's going to relate to them. But he says in verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So there is, it's not just God's going to see all oh, your disobedience. I'm just going to throw up my hands and just like rain down fire and coals upon you because I don't know how to control my reaction to your sinfulness. No. If that's how God was to re- react to sin, we wouldn't be here because at the first moment of our first breath, you know, Or the first moment of Adam and Eve's sin, you could even say, that would have been it. God would not be able to control his anger, but God isn't ruled by his anger. He rules over it, as you said at the very beginning of the podcast, because every expression of himself is a manifestation of who he is. And when we understand that, it's not that he is going to have his anger triumph over another part of his character. Uh, understanding the immutability of God is to understand that God is fully present everywhere. And it's not just... We have to
0: understand his immutability and his simplicity is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Those are crucial to understand. And especially when you talk about emotions, it's to understand how God is present everywhere. It's just in how he expresses two different situations. Because for, for a man who rapes a woman and then kills her, He's not going to say, "Well, I'm here to love you and here's a wonderful blessing." He is going to be grieved over that sin that that man has just executed and by right extension of God's justice, that man cannot expect God's good favor. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yeah, and and I mean Romans 1 tells us clearly that God because he's holy, because he's pure, because he's just, because he's good. That's his his immutable characteristics, right? Because he's all those things, his wrath abides on all unrighteousness. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it naturally has to, because he's in and of himself all of those things that I just talked about, right? Um, so that's how we under we can we can understand how God kind of his emotions relate to his character, mm-hmm. and I think that's really helpful because that really gives us a lot to think about. Because as you may mention, Nick, we are on this side of the fall, right? We're in between the already and the not yet. And sadly, because of sin, man's emotional state is discombobulated, right? Unlike God, man's emotions are not purely righteous. They can either be right or wrong, sinful or sanctified. Unfortunately, the nature of man being radically depraved, right, totally depraved, we're at constant, naturally at enmity with God. And that's not only in our behaviors, our actions, but in our emotional life as well. And I mean, that's kind of what Romans one gets to is right? Out of the psychic terror of the wrath of God abiding on all unrighteousness, man seek or takes the truth of the knowledge of God that he' has been given in the inner man and in his conscience and it's it's clearly displayed in in God's creation. We take that and we suppress that truth and, ri- and righteousness. Right? Because every single person living or dead has a relationship with God, right? Jesus didn't come in the world to give us a relationship to God. No. We have a relationship with God. That was the problem. It was a relationship of curse, <laughs> not of blessing. And yeah. that is why Christ came into this world to give us a right relationship with God, to renew us in our relationship with God, that we might not be at enmity with him, but we might relate to him as sons through Christ, right? So God didn't come into the world to give us a relate, or J- Jesus didn't come into the world to give us a relationship with God. He came to correct that relationship. Um, and, you know, the incongruity that we experience in our beings with, you know, how we express our emotions really leads to both mental and physical difficulties in our lives, right? We can, I'm sure we've all been there, relate to emotions that we don't want to experience welling up in us, you know? Anger, jealousy, all these things that we know are not right, our conscience bears witness to that and condemns us because of it. Again, Romans talks about that, right? Um, But these emotions, you know, catch us off guard. Um, Or, you know, we, because we're in a bad mood, we go into situations and we're more flippant, we're more angry. All those are the inverse of what we've talked about with God. God's character... God's immutable nature. Uh, nature, His person is in complete control of his emotions. He's not fitful. He's not emotional. But we tend to be emotion. No, we tend to be ruled and governed by our emotions. God is never that way. He's always the ruler and governor over his emotional state. So, if we're thinking biblically, if we're going to be made like unto the image of christ then we ought to through self-control and discipline discipline our emotional life renew that in the word be sanctified as christ says in the truth of god that's our goal as christians and certainly as biblical counselors that's where we want to be headed that's what we're trying to do because this isn't something we can gin up, right? <laughs> we can't. We can maybe change external behavior. Um, we can maybe change the structure of what's happening in our lives. But until we get to the root of the issue, till we get the heart of the matter, which is the matter of the human heart, till we change the direction of our lives, we're never going to make true and lasting change. At that heart level that we need to be so we really when we're thinking of emotions we can't just go after what's being presented to us we can't just through drugs or um, all sorts of matters that we can just dull and ignore those emotions just give a therapy to treat those external symptoms now those external symptoms are getting to a deeper heart truth And we need to make sure that those emotions are appropriate and being felt appropriately in the appropriate situations as, you know, dictated by God's word, right? When we're talking about abortion, we should feel angry. A lot of people naturally think that anger is just a bad thing. That's not the teaching of scripture. It literally says, be angry, but do not sin right cuz god is angry with the, with the wicked all the time he hates because he's pure because he's just because he's holy he hates sin he can't wink at it. It's, it. He hates it that much. He's that just. And this is a, a concept that because we are steeped in uh, ch- cheap grace ideologies and uh, antinomianism and we don't understand, we uh, we understand the love of God and we presume upon it without understanding his holiness, we we forget these things. Um, and they're so crucial. They're so important um, in understanding how we relate to God and yeah. Yeah, when it comes to emotions, can't be Stoics, pretending that they don't matter, pretending that they don't exist, telling men that they ought not feel emotions. I hope that every believer of God is emotionally impacted by hearing what Christ has done on our behalf. You know, I, I've experienced, I'm sure you have, um, bawling, weeping over conviction of sin, over the the beauty of the grace of God reflected in the person and work of Christ. I'm sure all of us as Christians have become overwhelmed with emotions based off of hearing the powerful truths revealed in Scripture for a number of reasons. And if the emotion that we're feeling is shame... For sin that causes us to repent, though that's an unpleasant emotion, it's an appropriate emotion to feel when you are actually guilty. Right? Shame is the subjective feeling that attends to guilt. Right? <laughs> when we do something and we're you don't feel guilt. Guilt is a relational um, one. To you know, it's uh, our, I stole from you or I sinned against you. I'm actually guilty of doing that. Mm-hmm. Now the 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 subjective feeling of that—that's shame, right? Yeah, you feel ashamed. I feel ashamed that I am now relating to you in this, you know, uh, guilt relationship. So there's so many aspects that if we don't understand emotions and and don't understand how they interact with thoughts and behaviors and where they stem from, which is the heart, you know, this incorporeal seat of man, right? <laughs> that, that, that is the seat of emotions and affections, you know, even the distinction between emotions and affections. Emotions are more fleeting. Affections are, you know, patterns of, of the heart, right? They're, they're loves They're They're more, you know, enduring, right? And that's, the entire idea of the Christian life through progressive sanctification is we're trying to change our affections, right? Where we were so self-seeking, we were, you know, we flipped that joy, Jesus, others, ourselves, or yourself uh, uh, on its head. And it was Yaj or just you, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. um, We're trying to change those affections and, and align those affections and those, those emotions to God. So this is all part of the sanctification process. And it's all something that's really, really important to think about because, yeah, we can't be, if God isn't ruled by his emotions and we're supposed to be made in the image and likeness of Christ, who is the express image of God, then we can't be ruled by our emotions. We need to be the master of those emotions. Um, and if we're in a position where we are, ex, you know, quite frequently experiencing emotions getting the better of us or emotional states setting the stage and preparing us for terrible days like the idea that you can wake up on the wrong side of the bed uh, you know somehow you just you're angry right off the bat and you can't control it you know it was just something that happened to you you know that's not a biblical concept we're not that's not that's not good We need to be masters over those emotions, over our emotional states. We can't be ruled by it. That's not what we're called to be. And I think that's just helpful, um, you know, helpful for me to think about in the counseling setting. But I think it's also helpful for Christians to just think about as they're being sanctified by the spirit of uh, God. Because this is, like I said, it's not a work that we can do in and of ourselves. We can't just gin this up it's a supernatural work that needs yep. to be done by God, working by the spirit on the, the heart of man.
1: Yeah. I think that's uh, the most important thing to remember when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when we consider uh, this idea of our emotions is that uh, apart from Christ, we will just have our emotions rule us. Mm-hmm. We will have darkness and evil rule over us. But the good news is, is that apart or once God in interacts with us in a saving way, once he regenerates us by his spirit, we can now, by the spirit, now put to death the deeds of the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. When Paul talks in Galatians, he talks about the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? So when he's talking about those things, it's not just the internal reality, right? Those things are true, but it's gonna be how it manifests itself, right? It's a fruit, it's something that bears because you show love, you show joy, you have peace with somebody, you have patience with somebody, you're Mm self-controlled and that's gonna apply even to our emotions as well. And I think that's important that you you mentioned, if, if our emotional state is ruling over us, it's something that we need to plead with God that would not be the case in our lives because We cannot crucify the flesh on our own. It will take the work of the Spirit in us. That's why God says to work out the salvation that's in you, right? For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So if we understand that we've been renewed by the grace of God, we've been given a new life, and God is transforming our desires, our loves to things that he loves and transforming us more into the likeness of his Son— who is our Savior, we need to, as the stewards of God's grace and as his disciples, turn to Scripture so that we would not be ruled by our emotions, but that we would take our emotions and put them to the foot of the cross so that God can, through his Spirit, transform them to be biblical, that they could be God-honoring, that they would be those which truly rejoice over good and weep over sin because we have a tendency even as Christians to forget that we have a long process of mortification to go through here. As John Owen said, be killing sin or it will be killing you. Mm -hmm. Same thing when it comes to our emotions. If we're not keeping them in check, if we're not, you know, having others examine us to see whether or not we're responding to situations in a biblical and sound way, And if we're not okay with correction, we got some questions that need Mm -hmm. to be answered. But if we can heed the correction from God and our fellow brothers and sisters in a biblical way and, you know, seek to be brought under the authority of God in our hearts, in our minds, so that we can be renewed biblically, then we can start exhibiting godly joy and peace and love and hatred even jealousy jealousy you know is spoken of very poorly but it is a good attribute god is jealous for his bride he's jealous for his church just as we should be as well so there's a holy zeal that we are to have and it's only because god is renewing us to be more like him that we will be transformed in a good and proper way apart from him as you said we try and do it ourselves we're going to make a hash of things very quickly and that's not a direction i think you or i or anybody who's listening to this podcast wants to go. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the interesting part too with emotions that I just want to touch on before we wrap things up, before we bring things in for a landing, our actions, as I've already made mention, can directly affect our emotional states. Right? It's this this psychosomatic un- unity that that human beings are made in the image of God. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that really at the first in Genesis um, four, right? When Abel brings God a sacrifice that he has no regard for, he gets angry, right? Cain. And, uh, C- sorry, Cain. Yes. Yeah, Cain, not yeah. Abel. Um, and, you know, it says, so Cain was very angry and his face fell, right? So his emotion, <laughs> the you know, he— Expressed his, himself. E- expressed yeah. itself. Um And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? Why have you expressed these emotions? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. So that's exactly what we're saying, right? We must be a ruler over our emotions. Um, We must not be ruled by them, because if we're ruled by them, What does that mean? Well, in this case, it means Cain's going to rise up and murder his brother because of these ungodly, sinful emotions. This, this feeling that he has towards him. And he, and essentially what God's saying is like, you know, if, change do good be righteous and things will go well with you (laughs) your emotions will you know because like i said if we're a guilt in a guilty relationship to a person or to god our emotional state is not going to be functioning the way that it is we're going to be experiencing um you know because of our guilt we're going to experience shame and that is is really really manifests in in dangerous and and harmful ways for us as human beings so i just wanted to touch touch on how that can work both ways is yeah when we're doing good when we're walking in lockstep with god when we're about his kingdom work quite often those help us be in positive emotional states so if you're depressed if you're angry if you you know Go out and do what you're commanded to do by God. You know, don't be idle. Don't be sitting on this stuff. Go out, do what is good, and quite often your emotions will follow. And, you know, um, that's a good thing to know, but if if this is a constant in your life, if you're constantly your emotions are getting the best of you, then what really, really needs to be done is... We're not just changing your external actions, but really getting to the heart uh, and core of the issue, which is really dealing with those heart issues. But again, thought it was an interesting subject, thought it's something we don't really talk a lot about, but thought it might be just an interesting thing to discuss. And we hope that you, our listeners took something from it. Um, mm-hmm. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, check it, uh, send us an email, the great exchange podcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us on our website at thegreatexchange.ca. great um, We'd love to hear more, uh, you know, from you. Um, definitely like subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Um, not one, but three podcasts each and every week. Um, come into your podcast catcher if you subscribe so definitely do that you can also check out everything we got going on at the great exchange.ca um, Nick do you have anything to say uh, by way of conclusion you're giving me the shake it the shake of the head so that means no uh, so we'll bring this thing in for a landing and as we say at the end of every single podcast Nick
1: it is finished